Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Story podcast. This is WTS 297. My name is Danny Murray. I'm Graham Merrigan. Mero, how are you keeping, my friend? It's been a couple of weeks since we did this. Have you been staying warm? Yes, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, you? Yeah, man, good, good. Uh, a couple of weeks away from my holidays. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you're going away to Orlando. What a place. America's yeah, a ship, but like us Irish love going there oh, for holidays. Ab- absolutely. Florida is a cesspit at the moment, particularly. Uh, nice one, Ronda Santos, you beller. Uh, but yeah, look, <laughs> look, looking forward to the theme parks. So, you know, yeah. Um, I don't know, do we want to you talk? get on everything, Danny? Ah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, like I wouldn't be like afraid of roller coaster or anything like that. So, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. You have to get on the Hulk. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Hulk. Yeah, you have yeah. to get on Rip, Riptoid Rock. I think it's called. Oh, very good, right, right. I'll have a that, spin of the teacups as well. Will I? You start, you start up, you go straight up. Yeah, and then you just drop down. It's unreal. Ah, um, friend of the show, avid listener Ray Whelan is going at Christmas as well. He loves the old roller coasters. Man, Ray, I know he does. Oh, speaking of people, and I must give a little shout out as well because um, they uh just. Yeah, just people reaching out to people and connecting the world of online and all that kind of stuff. But I must just give a shout out to two lads on All Right Board podcast, uh, two North Dublin Sounders who are documenting their weight loss journey and making a show out of it. And uh, listen to a couple of episodes, good crack and very honest, raw accounts of battling the bulge. So fair play to the lads. Check them out if you can. Did you, did you just use the word Sounders? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, is that all right? Did, did you mean to use the word sounders? Yeah, it was the semi lexicon, Graham. All right, no, carry on. Have you an issue with it? No, no. Do we, do we need to have a chat off air? <laughs> we'll have a production, post production meeting. Thank you. Production meeting, the terminology that we use on this podcast yeah. here. Um, where are we going with this week, Graham? Are we going, we go straight into it? We are, we're, we're going into, we're going into conspiracy, conspiracy theory land. Yes. Um, with yeah. wonderful guests. Who are we talking to? We are, right. So uh, this week we are indeed talking to two gentlemen who have uh, not just peered into the rabbit hole and come back out, but they, they've been deep, deep, deep digging the rabbit hole deeper. Brent Lee and Neil Sanders, two men behind Some Dare Call a Conspiracy podcast. And um, yeah, look, the, the world is mad and we've done a few bits on different sort of conspiracies over the last while we had Nikki Wolf on we've had Eva Gallagher on we've talked about this stuff just in general you know and uh, given recent events I just feel it was quite pertinent just to kind of get that opinion from people who have been there done that wore the t-shirt so to speak you know and so reached out to the lads happily they said we'd love to come on and I'm delighted to say that the two lads from some dare call it conspiracy have joined us now Brentley, Neil Sanders, thank you very much for your time, lads. Um, how are you? Very well, mate. Thank you for oh, having well, us. Thank you. Good stuff. Lads, we'll, Brent, we'll, we'll start with you because, uh, as I said in the intro there, kind of, you went down the rabbit hole, you've come back out the rabbit hole. Um, just kind of give our listeners who may not be familiar with you and, and the podcast a kind of brief intro into you. Yeah, sure. I'm Brent Lee, and I'm a former conspiracist of 15 years. Um, between the years 2003 and 2018, I was pretty much a full-blown conspiracist who thought the entire globe was ran by a network of secret societies and cults. 
and essentially they controlled practically everything but not like global domination slavery over everyone quite yet um after like 15 years it's a really long story to tell you like how i got in and got out and everything but so mm. I, I essentially just eventually left in 2018 because i saw real world consequences like were different to what i had imagined were, were supposed to like play out in the new world order um you know you just you come across new information you should change your opinion you should change mm. your worldview if it is strong enough to do that and for me it did so yeah. i did that in 2018 and then 2020 came around the pandemic hit trump was rising q on and i just saw the real um dangers of conspiracism that like i had been a part of i saw how it was being used to manipulate people and it was just growing bigger and bigger and became more and more dangerous. So I thought I should try and speak out about it. And in 2021, like I thought, right, I'm going to start trying to pull my friends out of the rabbit hole with me. Um, and I started making videos and eventually met Neil and we started a podcast together to kind of discover all of the conspiracy theories, like exactly what they're made of. Yeah. Yeah. And then Neil, from your you're an author and uh, you kind of you, you specialize in stuff like mind manipulation. Or, um, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but what what's your background in this uh, rabbit hole conspiracy world? Well, I mean, it was it's not it's similar to Brent's in as much as that basically uh, towards sort of the pandemic and stuff like that. I noticed that people were using conspiracies in ways that weren't particularly healthy and. They also basically in the sort of alternative media or that milieu or whatever you want to call it, there's certain things that you've got to be. There's certain things that become truisms, Rothschild banking, climate change is a hoax, the European Union is a, is, is a terrible thing, uh, stuff like this. And there were several things like one, um, I noticed that a lot of stuff was just was lies. It was contrarianism and people jumping on it and they were doing it in such a way that that. It wasn't going to help them in any way. Like de denying that COVID was a thing. This is like this is probably a good way to explain. It, right? Brent recently did an interview with these guys, and and somebody said in one of the comments, like, I can't believe that Brent has abandoned conspiracy theories after everything that we've been through in the last three years. And I thought that nails it, right? Okay, because this mm. is they, they've got that backwards. The reason that conspiracies have been helpful for these people in the last three years is because they provide an answer, and that's not looking for the truth. That's bolstering your psychological well-being by telling yourself that reality is not reality um, and that's what started getting on my nerves with it basically there was a lot of incredibly right-wing stuff that was coming in uh, there yeah. was you know, anti-jewish stuff pro-hitler stuff pro-nazi stuff um that was purposely put there by right-wing groups stuff like that and you're getting all the contrarianism with with denying covid and and the, the sort of incongruity with with like, like with Brent like Trump's in Brexit happened like these are supposed to have not happened and yet they did so people just didn't run looking at facts people tried to fit reality to their already preconceived sort of notions and it frankly got on my nerves and I I did quite well in in this sort of whole thing. I got with some very 
top of the sort of food chain sort of people uh, was working mm. with them. And particularly around the start of COVID, I've just realized that they weren't really interested in the facts. They're interested in presenting a narrative and a narrative that served them. Like, I won't give you exact details, but there were, there were certain people that are right at the pinnacle. And we had sort of discussions about whether they're real or not. And I'd say, well, here's something that shows that they're real. Okay. Well, we're not look, discussing that. I was like, this isn't the truth movement. This, this yeah. isn't, it's not even a search for truth. It's utilizing conspiracism as a way of basically making yourself feel better in the world. And if you want to do that, that's absolutely fine. But I'm not interested in that. I want to find out the truth. I want to find out the truth about some of these things. And again, this doesn't mean that conspiracies don't happen. Um, conspiracies do happen. I mean, there's, there's lots of real conspiracies out there, but the world is a lot more complicated than some people will have you believe. And that's what what I was disappointed in is that people started to use conspiracies as a way of basically just justifying their existence or explaining certain things rather than actually looking at the facts. They'll, they'll, they'll say, this is the theory, flat earth, whatever, viruses don't exist. And then they'll find, they'll try and fit that to reality rather than for the evidence and also i found that like within that realm and people aren't like there's a party line if you yeah. deviate too far from that party line you're persona on grata so when you start looking at things like and saying actually maybe brexit was not a good idea actually maybe donald trump isn't the savior of humanity actually you know maybe we should be concerned about green issues and stuff like that then it, it it jibes too too much with the as I say the party line, and mm. again for me that just it, it defeats the entire purpose. It's it's interesting because it seems like right now we're at this kind of point where, and you said alternative media, and yet some of these kind of conspiracies have, have become now so mainstream that that they're everywhere. You, like you can't kind of avoid them anymore, and. I remember, like, well, sorry, go on, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what a lot of people don't see too interested, like, you've got a lot of mainstream outlets like Fox News and Sky News Australia, Spike, Line, Spectator, Telegraph, um, far right, uh, wing broadsheets, and stuff like that. They were all behind these sort of anti COVID things. And, like, one of the things that struck me over the sort of recent years was hang on, a lot of these conspiracy theories they don't half benefit the oil industry. They don't half paint the oil industry, this massive, enormous, like, you know, behemoth as this plucky underdog fighting against these horrible scientists that are basically trying to push tyrannical climate changes to fight that. It's like, hang on. So the oil companies are, are, are the goodies in this. It doesn't make any sense. And then similar thing with, like, you know, Brexit and similar thing with Trump and stuff like that. If you look at who actually benefits from these things, it's not the citizens, it's not people. It's it's large conglomerates, large corporations that are connected to um to the oil refinery industry for so there's a bit of an oversimplification, but but this is this is the thing. And so again, that was jibing with my ideas. You're going on about the deep state and trying to fight against the deep state, and then there's these think tanks like the Heritage Foundation that are intimately connected with the CIA and the British intelligence and stuff like that, and the oil industry. And they're the people that are pushing Donald Trump and pushing the idea of Brexit and stuff like that. And people ignored that. They totally yeah. ignored that, basically. And so like, it was the thing. And uh, Sorry, one thing I wanted to say as well, how we got, got together with Brent was 
I saw one of Brent's videos. Never met Brent. I've only ever met Brent once in real life, actually. Like, um, but I saw his, his video about how he got out of the rabbit hole. And because I was so in it, and I understood the ramifications, what shit he was going to... Sorry, we had to swear. Yeah, go for it, mate. Yeah, yeah, go what, what? Oh, right. What, what crap he was going to get. I was like, that is a brave guy. That is a very brave, yeah. articulate person um, that has, has dared to stick his head up above, above the parapet. Because they're gonna they're gonna come for him because he's he's gonna he's gonna alter their their perceptions in ways that they don't want. It's, and so I thought, brilliant. That's exactly the sort of person that I want to be aligned with. I don't want to be aligned with flat earthers or pro Trumpers or anti vaxxers or people yeah. that think that Greta Thunberg is an evil woman and stuff like that. It's it's just it's, yeah, it's, it's juvenile. It's it's interesting you're saying that because. Brent, in, in the kind of short time I've been following you, I've kind of seen some of the stuff that, that gets sent your way. Uh, and then in other people we've spoken to over the years, we, we spoke with Eva Gallagher. I'm not sure if you guys have yeah, been with yeah. her. Um, we, we had her on the podcast when our book came out. Great book, Web of Lawyers. Check it out, lads, if you haven't already. Um, and some of the stuff that she gets sent and some of the abuse. And even just... Well, well the abuse we got for, oh, for having her on the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a fraction <laughs> of what people have yeah. experienced. You know? And even recently... No, yeah. In 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 the place where you're from, it's a place called Ballybrack in Dublin in Ireland. It's a small town. You're talking sort sort of like you know five to ten thousand people. It became the focal, the national focal point of uh, anti-immigration, anti-refugee protests and stuff going on. Like the the village uh, was kind of held hostage almost for what a week, ten days, marrow something like that by these kind of protests and this idea of the great replacement essentially and these plantations of foreigners. Uh, coming in and it was the great replacement yeah I like I I, I never tweeting about it at the time and like the abuse and I mean it was one tweet the abuse I got targeted about me and my wife who happens to be born outside Ireland and I was just like Uh, fucking this is just one tweet so these people like Brent yourself Neil who are kind of dedicating time and energy to saying okay here's what you're being told but here's the facts like the shit you guys get, how do how do you deal that and square it off? I, I try and laugh oh, it off care. most of the time, or I challenge it. That's that's yeah. what I do. But it's just yeah. go for it, or just laugh it off. I mean, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you know you're human, and it does take its toll. And the best thing I can do at those times is just log off. Yeah. You know, sometimes I've logged off yeah. for a few days because it just really, really hit hurt. You know, it really hit me and. Because there's only so many times you can like take being called a wanker before you've had your lunch. Like, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. had it twenty times, and you haven't even had your lunch yet, mate. <laughs> like, God, it's just like it kind of <laughs> takes its toll. But yeah, yeah. shout out to Efi because that's the when you sent me a message, mm. I checked out your podcast, and that was the first episode I listened to because I knew who she was. Yeah, yeah, she's 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 absolutely brilliant and and an absolute legend as well. But it's. It's when you say that as well about kind of being called a wanker twenty times before lunch. It seems like that's the way sort of people operate in this world as well, where it's they just abuse and attack. There's no, not it seems at least in my experience, there's no interest in having a kind of logical conversation slash debate. It's you're a pedophile apologist. You're a prick, yeah, and that's yeah. new. That's mm-hmm. something new, isn't it, Neil? Like it wasn't around like ten, yeah, yeah. fifteen years ago when we first were saying. No, you, these DV 
is like 9-11 truthers where basically they're having a debate about some people think a plane hit it, people think there was, there was, there's that Von Kleist, what's his name, Von Kleist? And they have, that was as close to a fist fight as you were ever going to get where people had different opinions, basically. Mm -hmm. So, but this is the, this is the thing they don't like. You're not allowed to go outside and use logic. For example, the great replacement, we've said this before, but like the great replacement, two things. One, it's not a replacement, is it? Because it's new people coming in. So they're not replacing you. So it's not a replacement. So sometimes people call it white genocide. And it's not genocide either, is it? And the thing about white genocide or the concept of white genocide is, ironically, it proves white privilege because we have the only people on the entire planet that get to have a genocide without actual genocide. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like, that, that's, I'm interested in the, in the, the concept of um the right wing element of it all um particularly like you know with government kind of politicians like trump or boris johnson and stuff like that do, do we believe that these personalities actually believe in them or are they just jumping on the coattails of maybe maybe we can monetize this support some way maybe we can jump on this support particularly in america it seems to be a bit vile yeah, you, what happened in America was basically you had a load of like, uh, um, again, a bit of a certification, but people that are basically by the Koch brothers or the Wilkes brothers. So you have your Ben Shapiro's, your Dave Rubin, your Stephen Crowder's, your Mariana Popolitas, your Bannon's, Bright Barts, all that sort of Nexus, Candice Owens, Tommy Robinson, Katie uh, Hopkins. There's a, there's a sort of conglomerate group behind them. It just so happened to be right wing. It just happened to connected to the oil industry and they essentially saw the demographic of conspiracy theorists and went oh these these are a piece of piss you just need to like i'll say george soros and world banking cartel and they'll drop their knickers for me because that is literally all that you need to do and this is the problem like in the same way that it started bizarrely with gamergate like now they they spotted that basically people could be manipulated in a particular way through loyalty to a group and off the back of that they started basically inputting all these things that just slowly start to towards right-wing politics and the best example of that is QAnon right QAnon is, is politics for people that are into wrestling like there's no politics in it it doesn't explain any politics. It's about fighting paedophiles underground. Okay, but what the end result is is that it sends you towards Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, and in the UK against sort of like you know, uh, well, essentially idiots like Boris Johnson and and, and Rhys Mogg, and then even excuse me, even nastier people like you sort of reclaim party and heritage and stuff like that, and. Um, so that's that's what happened. I mean, Ben will tell you, like, in the way past, like, the sort of start of a lot of conspiracy theories came from the John Birch Society, which just happens to be absolutely 100% connected to these, these um, uh, think tanks through people like the Coors brothers, uh, the Coors mm -hmm. family, and the Cokes, and the Trump family, and, and people like that. And Yeah, the Cokes brothers' then, dad so in, was a founding member of the John yeah. Birch Society. And that's where this sort of new world order, Jewish world communism trope came from. It's where the books, non-dare call it conspiracy, came from. It's where Alex Jones got his start. Um, and it's where a lot of the sort of tropes 
uh, came out. It doesn't mean that, that absolutely everything in those books is, is, is has no grain of truth in it at all or whatever, but mm. it does mean that there is no world Jewish conspiracy. It was contrived by a radical Christian organisation uh, that basically had a very political bent. Now, the John Birch Society is now what is known as the Tea Party movement in America. And so, again, this is where it sort of all bleeds through, basically. But, but yeah, that, that was essentially, I mean, the, the two main things that has, has happened recently that, that sort of were embraced wholeheartedly by the alternative crowd were the, were the Brexit and um, the election of Donald Trump, which some people saw as the preventing Clinton from getting in or whatever. But it doesn't matter how it's framed, because the end result is that basically who's benefited from it? Well, I'll tell you who benefited from Trump's presidency – was lots of right-wing corporations because the first thing that he did when he went in was give a 25% tax cut to to large businesses, which yeah. is not for the people at all. It's like, you know, they somehow managed to sell the idea that he's anti-establishment or that Nigel Farage, the ex-banker, is anti-establishment and stuff like this. Do you know what I mean? About, like Farage, for example, like Breitbart UK, uh, ran by the Mercers and Steve Bannon. Like that was set up specifically to promote UKIP as a political party in the UK. That was entirely what it was for. It doesn't yeah. say that, but it was. So, so this is where sort of right wing element comes in. And then, unfortunately, what happens with that is that it it sells because on the internet, people often feel disenfranchised, want to feel powerful. They don't have that sort of they don't have the sort of sensibilities that they would have talking to a person because of the separation of the screen and stuff like that. And so very, very quickly, being like, being a little bit right-wing, being a little bit authoritarian, telling everybody else that they're wrong, that they're the rot at the core of the world. And if only, only everyone else is just like you, then everything's okay. So it becomes really, really um, desirable. And, yeah. and then you take it a step further. People get addicted to it. People literally get addicted to anger. I was, like, I was going to ask about dopamine response. I was going. I was going to ask because Brent, you you mentioned mm. that like eighteen years you were you were involved in this and kind of like a lot of people probably nine eleven was kind of where you went and got your teeth sort of stuck into it and then did, did it become as the years went boy it was that kind of it was it, it was for all intents and purposes an addiction where it was kind of like you you felt like you were uncovering something and every time you uncovered something new then you had to scratch that itch of digging deeper and digging deeper. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It, it, it's why it's called the rabbit hole, you know, you just go deeper and deeper and deeper down and you just kind of, the more you dig, the deeper you go. Mm. Like, and at what, what point, like, was there anything that stood out to you as, was, was it something that was ridiculous? Was it something that was just 18 years at that point? I mean, it's 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 an ideology, you know, but was there anything that kind of, you just went, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's no longer making sense. Like, what <laughs> what was that moment for you? Well, in the end, it was the same stuff that Neil's talking about right now. It was Brexit. Mm. It was Trump. Yeah. It was this weaponization of conspiracism, like that kind of, that does start like around Gamergate, two thousand fifteen to two thousand eighteen. Those are the years that I found myself really coming away from the communities. Yeah, like and and try, just kind of very, very much isolating myself, and and digging into my own kind of conspiracism. Uh, like at the, at the end of the day, you ask like, what else did I see as ridiculous? And the thing is, is like in the conspiracy culture, like there's there's hundreds of conspiracy theories that you look at and you know, oh, that sounds stupid. Or there's there's a lot of conspiracy theories about a single event. Mm. 
and you might agree with one of them, but not others. So back to 9-11, like you could believe can the controlled demolition thing, or you could believe that it was Jewish space lasers, you know, or or the planes were holograms, or there's all these different kind of conspiracy theories, details that everyone has these their different ideas about it. But the whole thing is, yeah, 9-11 was an inside job. Yeah. So you kind of all still agree on that, don't you? It's funny because me and Danny were talking over many podcasts over the last eight years about, you know, we we mentioned conspiracy theories every every couple of episodes, maybe. But we always track back to, you know, 9-11, loose change. And we always, I loved, back then, I was a teenager, 16, 17, I loved reading conspiracies. I loved the Wikipedia era of just find another link, find another link. Before you know, you've got like 12 windows open and you're just (laughs) gone down, you're scratching down that rabbit hole. But at the end of it all, I had the ability to laugh it off as, oh, wow, that's interesting. Oh, wow. I didn't make it, and and nor did anyone close to me ever make it their personality. Um. When you um came out of the rabbit hole, so to speak, Brent, was there relief? I I kind of transitioned out. You know, I, I don't feel like I popped up one day and I was like, oh, I'm out of this. It was just like a, a, a slow transition to all of a sudden realizing, hold on, I, I'm I'm well out of this thing. Mm. I can remember like one specific moment where I was writing some lyrics, right? And I felt like I was just churning out some sort of trope. And I felt like, I don't think I actually believe what I'm writing right now. Wow. And and that was the moment I kind of actually stopped even like writing lyrics at all. I stopped. I couldn't do anything anymore. Like everything kind of stopped. But I definitely remember that moment of going... I don't know if I even believe this anymore. And I kind of felt like, oh crap. And I like had to look back and go, when did we start coming out of this? Because like I had to take out a lot of Jenga blocks of my like tower of conspiracism before it would crumble. And I just was kind of not noticing as I was taking them out that eventually it just went. Yeah. You know. Was there I'm curious then like because you guys sort of come out the rabbit hole by the time all the January 6th stuff in the US was happening. And that was probably the sort of peak of the QAnon stuff with Donald Trump and all. So from your point of view, as you are watching that unfold, what was your feeling towards those people who are start? Was it, was it sympathy? Was it just sheer disbelief? Yeah. I'll tell you what I thought the plan was. I, I still think this was the plan. And no one agrees with me, but I think Trump wanted someone to get shot on the lawn. I think he genuinely did that. Like, and I think that anybody that, that's... I'll tell you this, right, okay. I watched it live mm. because I knew it was going to kick off. So all these people that says, oh, no, no, there was no suggestion there was going to be violence. It bloody well was. We'd, me and my friends sat down and got some beers out and went, this is going to kick off. And halfway through, we said... Oh, I see the plan. They're going to storm the Capitol, right? And someone's going to get shot. And then the outrage of that 
is going to be the thickest. Like, this is the thing that's going to bring everyone together and go, shot, peaceful protesting. It's like another Kent state. Trump's a hero, right? That was to be the plan. Not necessarily to actually, like, break into the building and stop the vote or anything. Just to cause an incident that made America go, you know what? This has got serious. We need to stop it. And I think that's what there was the plan that basically hopes and would get shot. And thankfully, it didn't happen until they got inside. And but I feel I feel sympathy for those people because I feel that they've been tricked. Yeah. I, I feel that they were absolutely one hundred percent used. Um, and so, in that sense, I think uh, I feel sympathy. Was it the most judicious thing to do to, you know, break into a federal building whilst filming yourself? No, no, it wasn't. Like, and so in that sense, I tend to think, you silly sods. Like, but but I, I can understand the thing. And just to sort of go back to sort of like the previous thing, I'll tell you for why as well, because it's a community, right? Mm. That's why it's so difficult to get out of it. So when you're in it, you don't necessarily all believe everything. Like, don't believe Hollow Earth. Don't believe crisis actors. Don't believe that the Queen's a lizard. But there's two two ways of looking at it. A, you sort of entertain it and you pretend that you're Einstein by going, I'm simultaneously holding two contradictory <laughs> things. And I am brighter than the average bear because I think that maybe there might be lizards as, as, as ruling the planet. Uh, and the second I won't rule thing it is out. that you tend to let people... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second thing is that because you like these people and you like the group that you're in, you tend to give people a pass so when david Icke was starting to say really i'm just going to say that david Icke. denial stuff yeah you sort of went ah but he's mostly right isn't he or whatever do you know what i mean or you sort of you, you you did some mental gymnastics where you went well i know he's saying that he doesn't think that really the holocaust happened but maybe what he means is that there was some propaganda that was you, or you, do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. overlook the really sort of horrible stuff or the really, really stupid stuff because basically it's like, it's like when your friend has got a daft t shirt or whatever that you really like. So you just think, all right, he looks a twat, but it makes him happy. Fine. <laughs> like, so that's the thing, though, Neil. So a lot of this stuff that, does just, just doesn't make sense. I mean, we, as Danny said about the anti-immigration well, that's currently going on in Ireland, like it's been going on maybe since January or so, and it's, it's sporadically, it's quite, you know, minority, uh, a very small minority, but sometimes they can ruffle feathers. But they, they, were, they were pushing something yeah. about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, saying that, you know, uh, there's videos of, of immigrants coming in and the question being raping uh, little girls was it that that was one of them of course but the other one as well was yeah. is this is this the start of the nato army and then oh, there's yeah. people there's people oh, that, that I know shit. yeah it's been going on for years that <laughs> men are fighting age yeah exactly yeah there's people i know that shared it but, and we're like, his... what if what if this is true it's like it doesn't even make sense yeah no, it doesn't make sense. But here's the thing, like you get yourself into a position of such a contrarian action, right, to the point where if it's if they say it's daytime, it must be nighttime. So this is the point. So what happened with COVID, for example, was um, there's a pandemic. It wasn't even at this point, right? Okay, it wasn't even like a big deal. Just that there's there's this thing happening in China where there's this disease. We're monitoring it. We're keeping an eye on it. And because so every single person in the in the conspiracy world went, no, there isn't. 
No, there just isn't. No, there isn't. There was no nuance. There was no flavours of this thing. Well, actually, to be fair, some people went, this is a bioweapon that's going to kill absolutely everybody on the planet. But that soon subsided because it, it wasn't happening fast enough. Some people said it was five, but it didn't really make any sense either. But but this is the point. It, you become contrarian. And so you take that. And this is this is the thing starting to get on my nerves with it because they become truisms. We know that COVID isn't real. We know that the tests don't work. We know that vaccines are deadly. All this nonsense, which isn't true, but they know it. And so their worldview is built off of that, that silly foundation. And so when things start happening, like people who, uh, who were massively anti-vax dying of COVID, they have to come up with some explanation that suits their narrative. So it's basically the viral shedding from the vaccine because it only comes from the vaccine because COVID doesn't exist in real life uh, or basically oh this person has been poisoned with something or, or something else like do you know what I mean because and this is the point so when you're that far in it you've got that sense of belonging it's not it's not far off being akin to a, a, in a cult because what a cult offers you is tells you exactly how the world it is it tells you where your position in the world is and it's surrounded with like-minded people that basically agree with you and make you feel better about yourself and to a degree that can be applied to anything like you know political yes. movements football club whatever but that mechanism is very very prevalent in in, in conspiracy uh, world uh, and it's the carrot and the stick like you know join us you're dead smart we figured it this out now let's go and kick some immigrant heads in and if you don't like that basically it's like like what happened to brent and to a lesser degree me like you know you're a shill you're obviously working for the 77th blah 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 etc 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 and and again that was they just <sighs> defeats the whole purpose what and and this is one of the, the strange things about the influx of the right wing and stuff like that not long ago in the 90s and early 2000s even shortly after like you know 9-11 and stuff like that it was still what was that book that David Icke wrote? Infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is an illusion. It was all very yeah. inclusive. Everyone got the fact that, that stuff about Muslims was to trick you into a foreign policy position, you know, making people like tacitly support wars in Afghanistan, Syria, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's lost yep. now. Yep. And you've got yeah. basically, yeah, that's, that's totally gone. Uh, and there is a fear of replacement of the white race. There is you know, genuine fascist overtones that are going through it, saying basically we should be militarising against, to protect ourselves against these things. And the irony of this is that basically, like, we're not even in Europe anymore. <laughs> like, in, in, you know, in, in, in the, like, so, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, so, as you say, doesn't make sense. If you take two steps back and look at it and go, no, they're, they're actually moving further apart. But when you're in it, and when you're surrounded by people saying, well, that's just it. I know it looks like this, but that's sort yeah. of the point. They make it look like that so that so that, so that it's as a uh, as a protection. So, you know, you can't fight against it and stuff like that. Like this there's is, an this anti, is anti like everything noise about them, isn't there, though? Mm. Yeah. Because everything's fake as well. That's the other thing that was that really that got me out of it as well was when everything started being fake. Not just crisis actors. I mean, fair enough. Okay, I entertained the moon landing was fake, and I could I could work around to understanding why my fakes such a thing. I don't think that anymore. Like we we did a proper deep dive into it, looked at it, and stuff like that. But 
everything's fake. Volcanoes are fake. Nuclear weapons are fake. Birds mm. are fake. Dinosaurs are fake. Right? The fake boards is no, the one that gets no, me every time. Uh, this is the thing, like, you know, like a Boston bombing was fake. Sandy Hook was fake. You know, when you're saying, sat there and saying that, no, these children weren't dead, these, these parents, basically, people are just like liars or whatever. Okay, when you've got that level of distrust of of reality it's irony right the mm. irony of that everything is fake is the you know before the greatest trick of the party was to get people to uh, like i forget the quote it was to uh, ignore the evidence of their eyes and ears right every single this thing is fake comes from one from one thing i've looked at that with my inexpert eyes and i don't think that looks right because i share what you think Right, okay, that's, well, that's not evidence. That's you not. That, like, that's it. Yeah, but it's, that's like, it. Th- th- there's there's a uh, there's one guy who uh, he he's well down the rabbit hole, and I followed out of curiosity, uh, kind of halfway through the pandemic, purely because of the stuff that he was sharing online. And I think yeah. the, my favorite tweet that he ever sent was, "I haven't seen a board in over ten days. They're clearly changing their batteries." <laughs> and it, it just, <laughs> I'm like. Like to genuinely believe something that daft. I just thought, man, that that like again, like I don't mean it to sound whatever, but that is a genuine sort of. I feel sorry for him that this is where nobody, his brain nobody is gone. Starts with birds are fake. Yeah, true. Like true. this is the thing. You start with something like that assassination was engineered by the state. Then you move yeah. on to that terror action was engineered by the state. And then yeah. you, you know what we see? Then you move on to, well, maybe if they would do that, they might fake the moon landing. Then you think that. You think, well, actually, you know, they might think this. We're looking at a thing at the minute and um, about the Manchester bombing. And um, yes. the entire press of it is that basically, well, we know that the, uh, uh, the Boston bombing was fake. So with that in mind, let's examine this. And it's like, we don't. You just don't. You might believe that, but you don't. And again, this is what I was talking about before, of these truisms. We mm. know this is the case. We know Hillary Clinton like sacrifices children. So if we see her in the company of any children, it must be suspicious, that sort of stuff, basically. And it's like, you know, we know that they... Um, that they're all paedophiles and that they, they kill people and drink blood in Bohemian Grove. So if we see anyone in Bohemian Grove, they're obviously a paedophile who drinks blood. It's like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Brent, I was, not, um, that's a guess. Exactly, yeah. Brent, I was, I was watching um, something maybe two or three months ago. It was, it was um, Chronicle and kind of a conspiracy theorist. And the conspiracy theorist, well, I can't remember what it was. It was just on might have been a YouTube voice clip or something like that, maybe. And basically, the conspiracy theorist was confronting friends and family about a conspiracy. But the 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 family members had lived experience and proof that, you know, this didn't happen. And the conspiracy theorist's rebuttal was, well, I met a guy last night in the nightclub and he told me this, that, and the other. And he knows because he works there. But the two family members were like, well, no, we're your family. We're telling you. That's not the truth. Why are, why are you believing a stranger you met for two hours or an hour? Where, where, when when was when did we lose that ability? And like, you know, to, to when did we lose the ability to not believe someone close to you and believe a stranger, whether it be online or whether it be someone you met for 20 minutes? And like, Confirmation where, where, bias, where's the, isn't it? Where's the common sense gone there? 
Uh, well, I think it's not even anything, anything to do with that, like, really. I think it's more to do with, like, it's your ideology. Mm. Like, I, you know, you can, it's, it's like a religion. It's like a cult. It's like that kind of, or political um, party, any of that. Like, it's an ideology, you know, and, and you can have people in, multiple people in one family in a house that are all, like, practicing a different religion. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't think, I don't think it is that. There is a good question as into why do we, why do we have to argue about it now? Like, like it wasn't like that before. And, and I think, you know, it's just something that's being pulled out of us somehow social media is like pulling out of us uh, you know yeah. you've, we've seen the different yeah. things that have come out say about facebook about how they would like upvote posts that had more negative reaction because it keeps people like involved and engaged more i i guess that kind of fuels it a bit more but then again you got the social problems like the world is messed up shit is corrupt people are suffering mm. you know and we all want to take it out on other people and then there's other people that come along and they want to manipulate you so that you then hate these other groups and fear is it like is, is there is, is there the thing about well, kind of almost turning fear into a commodity you you want to fear oh yeah them, absolutely every day it's all fear porn like like this is the thing I was arguing with somebody the other day about like the world economic forum and it's like what's what what, what do you think the ultimate end game is it's like oh well sort of world neo feudalistic system where we're essentially serfs and it's like well I'll tell you what when that happens you you tweet me right and I'll apologize and I'll say yeah you were right like this is the thing in order for people to be right we all have to die in a lot of these things which is really <laughs> sort of fatalistic and weird like I I tell you what Brent nailed it is social media on both ends right okay right one because basically social media encourages you to think and I appreciate the irony of this because I'm doing it myself that your opinion matters or is in any any way valid right okay because it isn't it just isn't right okay but the flip side to that is that you can find any answer you want on the internet. If I, I can find somebody that will tell me that black is white and I can find a community that will agree with them. So it doesn't matter what you want, you can find the answer you're looking for, right? And that's a massive problem. And there are, there are people who make money from directing you to people that say, it's not that, it's this. Join our Patreon and buy our, uh, our supplements. Like that's that's the con of it. But but this is the problem. The basically is to say we're encouraged now to think that that everybody's got a valid and equal opinion, whether you be expert in a subject or not. We're also encouraged to basically feel indignant if somebody disagrees with you, and to and it's perfectly okay. Nay, it is witty to to like destroy them on twitter like you know brilliant oh, i really murked that bloke earlier but i feel great about myself uh, and then say so the problem is that basically whether you're right or wrong you could find hundreds of people that will basically go yeah no that's spot on that is that that's absolutely right yes. yeah you know zebras they're all pink all of them yeah. i know my, my my dad works in the zebra factory <laughs> like that's it it doesn't matter how ludicrous you can find it and so and people gravitate towards that 
because I'll tell you for why, because it's better than, I'd, <laughs> it's like that slarty bus thing is, oh, I'd sooner be right. I'd sooner be happy than right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, like pe- people convince themselves that they're right to be happy. They're not, but it doesn't matter because again, they just want an answer. There's an awful lot to be said for people who buy Alex Jones dick pills online um, from Infowars, but then they'll accuse other people of being shields for George Soros. Uh, and again, I want to go on the record, as I did when we talked to Nikki Wolf, as I did when we talked to Eva Gallagher. Uh, George Soros does not fund this podcast, despite me openly reaching out to George Soros <laughs> and begging him to, lads. So well, if anybody wants to his son now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Look, you're, you're emailing the wrong guy. I, that's, I'll hook you up. That's Don't where worry. I'm going wrong. Uh, I, got, I got his email. I'll hook you up, man. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Because, I mean, all I want is a free lunch. That's all I want. Like. And, uh, the Rothschilds, the Sorrow, like none of them. The Clintons. He works hard, man. He works hard. He got me seven Patreons. He's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Patreons. Um, let's, I, I have to say, I'm really enjoying the podcast. The uh, the the eight sort of part mini series that you've done on Pizzagate is great, and some of your stuff you've done as well. I enjoyed your meet you episode. I'd say that was. Oh, yeah. Um, but what if uh, people want to check out more of your work? Where can they find us? And what have you got coming up next? Uh, we are on all the podcast apps. Some dare call it conspiracy. Uh, not really on YouTube because we can't really talk about the stuff that we want to talk about, like our Pizzagate series i started to try to upload that ended up getting two strikes and i was on my third strike and they were going to delete the channel so you can't really find us there but we're everywhere else um or some dare call it conspiracy.com and i'm on twitter all the bloody time you know at brentley sdcic and neil where can they find you uh, well, I'm instantly on Twitter. I've got a Facebook page. Um, I've actually got a website called neilsandersmindcontrol.com, which is like some of my older stuff, you know, the mind control, Cambridge Analytica stuff that I did and stuff, which is, again, it's conspiracy stuff. But I like to fondly imagine that it was the more sensible end of conspiracy stuff. That might not actually be true, but, you know, it's my story and I'm sticking with it. So, uh, Truisms, Neil, truisms. But, yeah, but the podcast, yeah, quite. <laughs> But yeah, um, we're on one Spotify, one uh, Apple. We're, we've got our own website. Some dare call it conspiracy dot com. Uh, so yeah, check us out. And if anybody's got any ideas for like topics or or anything like that, you know, just get in touch. Excellent, gents. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. It's fascinating, and we could have spoke for hours and hours. And as evident by the amount of content out there on conspiracies. But um, look, we'll leave it there for now. And I want to say thank you very much for your time this evening. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. It's been that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fascinating conversation with the two boys there, Brent and Neil. Big thanks to them. Check out some there, call it conspiracy on your Spotify's and your Apple podcast and all those podcasty places. Really enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to their pizza gate one. Yeah, it's an eight part mini series and it's very, very good. Excellent. Very good. Um, but yeah, look, the world is mad. It's full of mad people. Uh, there's all kinds of cult conspiracies. There's all kinds of cults of personality. There's all kinds of just madness and mayhem in the world. And I just think people could all do with just asking themselves a couple of questions in terms of that really what it is, though. Or you just don't have to read them. I mean, you don't have to base your daily life about conspiracies. No, you, you don't, don't. You don't. And not everything you're, has you're to like, add up. You your know? life will be less 
hectic. You're le- you'll be less anxious if you stop reading these things yeah. and things and thinking that there's an agenda against you or a, an agenda against everything. There, there, there really isn't. Like, if you if your default response has gone to the mindset where you instantly think somebody who thinks differently to you is a pedophile or a pedophile apologist, then come on. Just yeah. fucking disconnect for a couple of days there for, the, for, for your own sake more than anything Jesus like no anyway um, I enjoyed that Lads very good check out the podcast uh, Graham anything else you want to discuss this week other than my use of the word sounders in the opening intro are you alright no everything's good everything's good if you want to listen to us and previous episodes where Danny doesn't mention uh, sounders you can go to wtspod.com or you can search wtspod on any podcast provider Spotify, Stitcher Apple Podcasts everywhere anywhere you can get a podcast he's at Danjo Murray on Twitter I'm at Mary Gamania on Twitter and until next time you're always Full hearts. I lose. Game swing. Look.